Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, the show where I had to change the introduction because Sophie said it would confuse people. So now we're just doing the boring thing and saying the actual name of the show, which is It Could Happen Here. Um, It's a show about the fact that uh, the society's kind of falling apart uh, or changing, depending on your perspective of things. And people need to prepare for what's coming, which is a world of greater instability and economic collapse and rising authoritarianism and uh, increasing fights uh, in order to reverse and stymie all of those terrible things. Um, And, you know, one of the things I've seen in some early feedback from um, other stuff I've done on other shows and also from earlier episodes of this is people who will go like, hey, everything you're saying about mutual aid is rad, but I live in X town in whatever state, and there's there's nothing here. There's not not an organized uh, left. I don't I don't know of any mutual aid groups. Um, how can I get involved, or like how could I start my own organization and and try to get people involved? And then the another thing we get asked a lot is like, hey, what you're saying about building resiliency and and preparing for 
uh, difficult times, gardening and whatnot sounds great, but I'm poor as shit and I live in a tiny apartment um, or whatever. I, I, I have no resources or no room, um, even if you're not, don't have much, enough money, like I'm in the middle of some horribly dense city. So th- this week, we're going to be talking a- around those subjects in a number of different ways. And to kind of kick us off, uh, I've got, of course, Garrison with me, uh, woke him up at nine in the morning. How are you doing, Garrison? Un- ungodly early. Yeah, it's 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 hideous. It's hideous. Um, and then Margaret Killjoy, who's up at a much more reasonable hour because time zones are a wild ass thing. Margaret, how do how do we how do we introduce you? You're an author. Uh, you're a, a, a writer of fiction. Uh, you host a podcast called uh, Live Like the World Is Dying, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you've had me on, and you talk about a lot of the same things we talk about, and it could happen here. We're actually shamelessly stealing your 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 <laughs> podcast in order to. Uh, make it corporate and sold out. How are you doing, Margaret? Uh, I'm I'm excited to be part of the corporate sold out uh, version great. of my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually very glad that you all do a wider audience thing. But um, I think that is a decent way to introduce me. I do a lot of different things, and I've been doing also like organizing and trying to seek radical political change for about twenty years. Um, to various yeah. degrees of success. Actually, mostly not to any success because <laughs> we actually still live in maybe a worse society than we were in 2002. 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I tell yeah. people that I, I dropped out of college to ride freight trains and overthrow the government, and I wasn't good at either of those things. I mean, you have all your limbs. That's true. I do have all of mm-hmm. my limbs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not so, in prison. It, and you're not in prison, um, which is really all anyone can ask of the universe. Um, so you have started a number of organizations in your career as an activist and kind of that hat. And I guess let's start with like, yeah, somebody who lives in a place, there's no kind of really, really organized left. There's probably not in a lot of these places, much of even like a Democratic Party. There's mm-hmm. certainly not mutual aid efforts. Um, and I do think that there's a, well, well mutual aid as a concept is, is pretty firmly rooted in anarchism. There's mutual aid kind of organizations that are are not particularly leftist, or at least people doing stuff like that. Like, I think a good recent example would be the Cajun Navy, who did a lot of rescues after the most recent set of hurricanes, where certainly not a left or an anarchist organization, but mm-hmm. a lot of what they're doing is um, is is uh, a community aiding itself. Um, so, I don't know. Where, where, do we, where, where do you want to start here? Well, I guess, to, I mean, specifically... In disaster times, you don't necessarily work with the people that you would assume that you're yeah. expecting to work with. And, you know, one of the one of the stories that really sticks with me is like a friend of mine who's this, you know, um, train riding anarchist with covered in tattoos and and all of that. And during flood relief in eastern North Carolina was like flying into storms in small planes with libertarians because the people who are willing to fly small planes into storms and own planes tend to be the more libertarian side of things and so here's anarchists and libertarians working together to get people what they need and one of the things that i try because this is one of the biggest questions i think that the left faces and you know people trying to make the world better faces is how do we get people involved and also how do people get involved if no one's helping them get involved and um i don't have all the answers about it but it's something that i i think about obsessively some a lot and one of the things that I really try and focus on with people is, is people say, well, I want to be prepared. And you talk about community being a very important part of preparedness, but I don't feel like I have a community because we live in a very isolated society. 
And one of the main things I try and remind people though, is that in the same way that property relations break down, like someone's like, oh, I don't have any stuff. And if the apocalypse comes, what will I do? And like, well, the kind of the answer is that like once property relations break down, there's a lot of stuff and it's very available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, there, there will be much stuff around. <laughs> yeah. Like warehouses exist full yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Amazon warehouses are going to become like fun boxes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And- Slash fortified outposts, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And community is, is the same way. Not that you would go raid community, but instead that um, some people can, will. Yeah, it's true. And, <laughs> but you can you can create community in times mm-hmm. of crisis in a way that's actually harder to do when the existing social order exists. And and the 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 thing I always say uses my my dumb example of this about how people come together during times of crisis is, you know, when I'm waiting for the bus in you know some city or something, and no one talks to each other if you don't know each other until the bus is like five minutes late. And then everyone is comparing notes about where they think they saw the bus last and, and everyone's friends and sharing snacks and things, you know? So on some ways I'm, I'm like, be optimistic if you don't already know a community. Yeah. And I, I think there's also things you can do that don't necessarily cost a lot of money to mm-hmm. both kind of build resiliency and kind of community connections. Now, one of those things I've had a lot of friends in different cities work for there, – there will be different farming co-ops, right? And, and generally the arrangement is you volunteer some sort of time helping them with – you know, there's a lot of shit work on farms. And in return, you generally get some amount of produce or whatever. But really what you're getting is practical experience uh, growing food and you're meeting the kind of people who are interested in growing their own food. And you know those kind of connections can be really helpful when things get worse. And so – I think it doesn't necessarily it doesn't have to cost much to to try building community now or to at least try putting yourself in some of the spaces where the kind of people you might want to be in the kind of people you you might want to know when things get worse might be. Yeah. And there's a lot of um there's a lot of like opportunities the world kind of wants you to volunteer. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's all of these things that if you reach out to people and you're like, hey, I don't have any connections, but I'm, I'm interested in volunteering, there are types of organizations that do interesting things that are open to that. You know, I, I kind of, maybe it's terrible, but whenever my friends, especially my friends who are in their 20s or something who, who don't really feel kind of lost and without direction for a while, I'm like, yeah. go sit in a tree. Like, go mm-hmm. join direct action environmentalist groups that are desperate for people to come live their lives in this like self-sustaining community that is incredibly traumatic and hard to do. And I don't necessarily recommend this to everybody, but you know, it it is a thing that you can do is that you can go participate in, in different movements, some of which do want strangers, you know, some of which don't, right. Um, You can't show up to everything and be like, why aren't you including me? You're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. And um, I don't know. So when, when it comes to actually like, trying to start something um like 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 going out and accepting okay there's not maybe i can't i can't leave my family behind and go do a tree sit but i would like to uh you know start uh a community engaging in something direct uh maybe that's not illegal direct action maybe it is mm-hmm. it's yeah. none of my business um how do you recommend people just kind of start organizations find people avoid pitfalls like you know, if you've got to make your own mutual aid group because there's not one in your town and you, you want to, I mean, people have expressed a desire to, to understand how to do that. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've never, I'm not an organizer. 
Uh, I'm barely a journalist. Uh, I am curious for your thoughts on that. Well, okay, so, so my own caveat is I'm no longer an organizer. I, I spent much mm-hmm. of my 20s uh, being part of organizations, and then I finally um, realized that I can just kind of do whatever I want and then figure out how to plug that into other people's things. But I will mm-hmm. say the the main way I've heard this expressed, and I, I believe in, is that we should do, if you want to start getting involved, is you think about what you're good at and or you think about what you want to be good at. And then you think about the problems that you're facing, and then you think about how to apply what you're good at to the, the problems that you're facing. So if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I'm a, I'm a really good illustrator, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm a terrible illustrator, but let's say you're a good illustrator. And then you, you could basically reach out to organizations that maybe aren't even close and be like, hey, I'm an illustrator. Is there anything I can do for you all? Um, but if what you want to do is start an organization locally... It's okay to start small and build up. It's okay to, you know, it's kind of a, if you build it, they will come kind of thing in general. Like if you start, if you figure out what you need to do, you know, we want to distribute supplies, right? Then you just do it. Like you just, um, even if you start by yourself or ideally you kind of start with yourself and, and a couple friends that you drag into it. And then you, you see what gets inertia, like rather than like forcing, rather than starting off, don't start off by writing your bylaws um, you know, maybe start with an idea of like, if you have a cool name that you want to use, like sometimes that's great to like, start with like a hook and it's like starting a band or something, you know, you'd start with like the thing that brings everyone together, which is sometimes a, a clever name, but, but mostly you just start by doing it. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the ways that's longest standing that people can get involved with locally or start locally. And there's a lot of resources about how to do it is, uh, is food, not bombs. Food, not bombs is a a mutual aid project that's existed. And I wish I knew off the top of my head since when I want to mm-hmm. say the late seventies, but I really couldn't tell you. And it's just food. It's just organizing food to give to people in public. And it's actually wild how illegal it is in some places. Like people get arrested for food, not bombs all the time yeah. in Florida and a couple other places. But yeah, we talked about them in the first part of the season. Cause there've been a, a couple of points. I don't think nationally the FBI has mm-hmm. talked about them as a terror threat, but like in the Austin field office and I think one or yeah. two other places, they've been like discussed as a terrorist threat for yeah. handing out food. <laughs> I've had like helicopters flying overhead and like riot yeah. around the corner and stuff for, for handing out food with food, not bombs. Yeah. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. they missed the second half of the name, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't um, know. I think maybe if we were to create bombs, not food, we, we might not get as much police attention but that's, that's just that's a theory true. yeah mm-hmm. well what everyone says is that we need food and no one says this no one would ever say this no one would ever believe mm-hmm. this but we need food and bombs um you know <laughs> food <why>? and bombs <laughs> yeah um, bombs for some food for others we don't judge we provide yeah. explosives and we provide food yeah <laughs> okay so if you can i think if you can you start by working you figure out what you're good at you find a group of people that are interested in accomplishing the same thing, who maybe have similar skill sets or different skill sets. Mm-hmm. And you figure out what you can do and you start doing it. And you organize calling people and being like, hey, will you donate to us? Or getting all your friends together to give you stuff to, to redistribute or whatever, right? Putting out calls on social media for things to redistribute. You know, most structures start grassroots. And most of the time, they kind of tend to do best when they're grassroots instead of becoming a little more codified. So if, if possible, do that. But if you're just you, um, sometimes tying into existing organizations is a thing worth doing. And if there's nothing locally, you can look at things a little further away, or you can look at things that are on maybe on a national level. But there's a lot of dangers in joining existing organizations and structures. And uh, I guess I guess I would say there's like three 
types of danger. And one is that you talk about all the time. And thanks for bringing into the leftist vocabulary the word grifter. I never heard anyone use the word grifter until your podcast. It's the Um, most important word in the American English, for sure. We live in a fucking grifter republic. It's incredible. And we always have. This isn't new. Yeah. But we need more words because we also need the word for people who are looking for useful idiots. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of social movements. And not to be like, I, I I support the left. I think that what we're attempting to do is very worthwhile. And I like us more than the other side by a fair amount. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of problems uh, with the left. And one of them is that people are looking either to just have you as a body with no decision-making power and no autonomy, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually build a better world because you're just... Yep. Stop being a cog in their machine and become a cog in our machine, right? And then there's also people who are kind of um, looking for useful idiots, cannon fodder, like people to hang around while they while they do stuff, or, or mm-hmm. you know. And I don't want to go too hard. Bodies to stand out in front of cop shops sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even like you know, even like movements that I really care about that might do a lot of like nonviolent civil disobedience. Although I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly, I'm not pacifist personally, but you know, it's a very useful strategy, nonviolent civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they're like, oh, you're young and new, lock yourself to this thing, get arrested. Yeah. And I would definitely say to people, don't get arrested on purpose at your first actions. Like don't yeah. be anyone else's cannon fodder until you feel like you are part of the decision making and part of like, like you really matter. And like, then, then don't, um, do dangerous things for other people's projects. Yeah, like the the shit that states do that's so messed up is is turn human bodies into resources that then get sacrificed for unclear ends. Yeah. Um. And unless you feel like you have some sort of like there are times where being arrested is necessary and helpful, totally. but unless unless you feel you fully understand not just why you're doing it but also that like you you you're not being told to do it you have autonomy and like I'm going to do this thing that I know will end in my arrest because I like I don't know that's probably yeah. like I think most people in that position know this but I I definitely have encountered some uncomfortable situations in the past I'm sure similar to once you have where it did seem like people were kind of being pushed to take that risk Mm -hmm. for reasons they didn't fully understand or in a situation they didn't fully grok you know yeah which which gets at one of the things that when i talk about how i think this is the biggest problem we've not not the cannon fodder issue but the getting people involved is the biggest issue i think we currently face because there's so many people who want to be involved right now because the world is even worse than usual and yeah um, and it's hitting groups of people who haven't been hit by it before. And people are often also looking for a sense of community. And there's a thing that people, we don't talk about enough when people are getting involved. There's two different reasons people get involved and both are entirely valid. And one is to fix things. And another is to find, to break out of the isolation that they live in, in their daily lives. Um, and we need to be aware of that when we talk about how to onboard people and we need to be aware about that. If you are getting involved, you should think about your own desires. Are you looking for community? And if so, you can find it within radical action, right? Um, but if you are doing that, then you especially need to be on guard against peer pressure because it's a really easy way to feel like you're involved with things is to go hang out with people who 
are all doing a really scary thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. And I absolutely did that when I, when I first got involved in anarchism, I, I, and, and politics in general, I, I, I joined in headfirst and, uh, you know, spent a night in jail within the first couple months. And I don't have any particular regrets about that. And I found community in a way that I had never had in my life because of how isolated our society is. But that's not the only reason to, to go do these things. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I think a lot of people experienced that last year during the George Floyd protests mm-hmm. is the kind of, I mean, it's a thing we've talked about on in the first season of It Could Happen Here that times like that, the this uh, war does this too, can actually provide meaning that, that people have lacked. And a lot of it is that community, that like community of sufferers, the trauma bonding mm-hmm. um, that feels like the most important thing you've, because maybe it is the most important thing you've ever done. I think in a lot of cases it is. Yeah. Um, but that's also mind altering. And it, um, it, 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 it can lead to situations that are not entirely dissimilar to cults. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that they are cults because cults are number one with a cult. There's generally going to be like a leader in a, a, and such, but like there are things that happen that, that draw people into cults that are just human things. There are aspects in some cases, as I've said before, of like a good party. Um, but there are <laughs> cult like aspects to the kind of groups that form in these traumatic situations that can lead people to start making really poor decisions. Um, yeah. and, and so you have to really, you always have to be kind of analyzing not just what you're doing, but what's going on in your own head and the head of the people, heads of the people around you. Um, that's, that's just always important. But I think particularly when you're, when you're trying to do something new and different and in a lot of ways, bigger than, than anything you've done before. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control, 
Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com news. That's lifelock.com news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I don't know, do you have any specific advice for, like, kind of avoiding the cults of personality that sometimes form in, in new organizations? Yeah. So you have both informal and formal structures can both cause mm-hmm. problems with cult of personality. There are these brilliant essays that I haven't read in like 20 years that come from the feminist movement. And one of them is called the tyranny of structurelessness. And as best as I remember it, these are very short essays. As best I remember it, the tyranny of structurelessness says, if you don't have a formal structure in your organization, you're going to have this informal leader who basically tells yep. everyone what to do. And yep. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and is a very important uh, piece. And I believe it comes from a Marxist feminist perspective, but I'm not 100% certain. And then there was an anarchist feminist response around the same time, maybe, I'm not sure, called the tyranny of tyranny. That was like, yes, that's true. And also, when you have a formal structure and put someone in charge, they're in charge. And that has other problems, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just, we, we have to be aware of both of these things that, um, you know, the the fact that most movements are very decentralized and grassroots has, has huge advantages, right? But it does have problems of causing informal cults of personality. Um, uh, <laughs> podcasting is a big part of this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I really appreciate that you're not an organizer, like, frankly. And it's part of why I'm not an organizer on some level is because um, when people read the books that someone writes or listen to someone's voice all the time, it, it is very influential, Right. Yep. And being aware of that and therefore not exerting that power uh, is a very good thing. Um, and, but there's, okay, so the other thing, like when I worry about like people getting involved with like, don't get peer pressured into stuff when you first join, there's also this thing that is, um, needs to be talked about. And maybe you all have talked about this some previously, but uh, entrapment. Entrapment is a huge problem. And specifically, the feds tend to look for, young idealist activists who can be peer pressured into actions that they may or may not have otherwise ideologically agreed with. Like 
hey, let's go blow up a bridge or let's go blow yep. up a dam. And and this doesn't just happen to the left. It happens. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's all around. Um, yeah, for sure. Like there's that case of the guys who were trying to kidnap the governor of uh, was it Michigan? A lot of that was informants who were. There's a lot of yeah. there's you can debate heavily whether or not it 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 was entrapment. Um, obviously, what right we what we might consider entrapment morally often isn't entrapment legally because the FBI does know where the lines are yes. legally, but that doesn't mean it isn't morally entrapment. Yeah, right. And they they do that a lot, and they usually yeah. succeed. Um, well, they may not usually succeed at the they usually succeed at the case and entrapment mm-hmm. defenses are, are hard to succeed yes. with. And so really just like, and thinking about, I think developing your own moral compass and sticking to it is one of the single most important things that a new activist can, can do and not to be afraid of radical action necessarily like militant action, but, but be wary of it. Um, but then again, I mean, in terms of like, being wary of of what the other thing to avoid doing is like accusing each other like fed jacketing like being like oh well that person's doing the same thing a fed might do like wink wink you know um <laughs> it's a really complicated and annoying game to play and if you're just getting involved you're going to have to learn how to get it. play this game of not fed jacketing and also not um falling into stuff and it's annoying because you probably have to kind of learn some of the stuff even if all you want to do is give away blankets. You know, if you want to tie what you're doing to a larger ideological structure, then it's going to come up that you need to be aware of how repression applies to that larger ideological structure. Yeah, like all, all this is very useful specifically if you're trying to find something kind of pre-existing um, or, you know, looking, you know, or, you know, starting something in a bigger city where you have, like, connections can be made to other existing organizations. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, you know, there's a lot of people who live in more, like, rural areas. It's not much of, like, a liberal or, like, you know, especially leftist kind of subculture. How would how would you recommend people who live in those kind of scenarios try to start building this community when, say, like, they only have, like, a few friends? Mm-hmm. Um, what What steps do you think people can take? if they have more, you know, a secluded setup. So it it is harder. And I live in a a red area close to a blue area, right? And I do most of my organizing and as much as I do organizing within the the nearby small hippie city, Uh, even though theoretically the thing that I care the most about is connections to my immediate neighbors, right? Um, That is harder. And it is harder for a lot of different reasons, especially if you have um, cultural differences between you and the people that you're around, right? Like um, I'm a trans woman and I live around a lot of like farms and stuff, right? And and previously this wasn't a problem. Before Trump, this was, kind of just wasn't a problem. After Trump, now all of a sudden the fact that I'm trans is like an attack against people in a way that it never used to be. And and so now they, they all have an opinion about the fact that I'm wearing a dress. But still at the end of the day, I would say that most of the people that I'm around are actually totally chill. Like there's a, a vocal minority of really horrid people, right? Um, but even the people who might be and might have even like voted for Trump or whatever, um, are not necessarily, at least along my own identity lines, I'm also white, are not necessarily gonna give me shit. And, you know, 
I can go talk to them and address, and they might be sort of confused, and they might not be. But if you have more culturally in common with the people around you, then there is a lot of room that you can start working on from there. And this actually ties into something that I think applies to people across the board, which is we have this, especially new activists, but also including people who've been in it for a long time, have this like real arrogance about the fact that we're like right. And when you want to change the world, you need a certain amount of arrogance. You need a certain amount of like, I, yep. I mean, I, I literally believe we yeah. need to not have a government or capitalism. And these are very major changes to our existing structure. Mm-hmm. There's a, cert- a huge amount of arrogance to that. But, Although not having a government is slightly less of a major change right. now than it was a couple <laughs> years ago. That's true. And also, <laughs> uh, like something I sometimes, actually, it's funny, I used to have it more in common with these neighbors, but then all the libertarians went, goddamn authoritarian. Yeah, Trump. that bummed the fuck out of me. Yeah. There's um, there's some good ones still. There's like again, there's the there's the pl- there's the taking your private plane into a disaster area yeah. libertarians and god bless yeah. them. <laughs> totally. And yeah. you know, they're like they just don't want their you know, it's like my my dad is sort of on the libertarian side of things and mm-hmm. keeps $20 bills in the visor of his truck to give to people flying signs and he just doesn't want mm-hmm. the government redistributing his money. He doesn't mind redistributing mm-hmm. his money. You yeah. know, and I'm like all right. I don't have any real objection to that. Um, he's also no longer anyway. If you come at people with this attitude of like I'm right and you're wrong, the kind of people that you can get to join your side by saying I'm right and you're wrong are not the people you want. You you want people who who challenge authority, including the authority of people who claim there shouldn't be authority, mm-hmm. and and so just actually listening to people and like hearing people out and. Um, when possible, avoiding drawing lines between people is one of the main ways to connect with people across either cultural divides or especially political divides. And this this can't always happen, right? Like mm-hmm. I walk down the street in a dress and someone like calls me a bad word. Like I'm not going to be like, I understand why you think to call me that. And I understand how like me dressed this way kind of challenges your sense of masculinity that you've been brought up into as the only way that you can Hold yourself strong in a very hard world. No, I don't do that. I um, scream fuck you and chase them. Um, I would yeah. never chase anyone with a knife. I think that's not legal, so I wouldn't do that. But, um, it, you know, that, that might work. And, you know, like, fuck those people. I, I don't care what they have to say. No, of course not. And it when I, I think one, one of the, the things that, uh, I don't know, Twitter brain has done is that, like, when you when you talk about reaching out and talking to people who you know don't agree with you aren't aren't on your side ideologically, there's folks who will kind of assume like, oh, so you're saying I should like try to be friendly with people who want to murder me? Like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying yeah. that like as a trans person or a black person, you should go talk to um, a, a militant anti LGBT activist or a fucking Klansman or something. I'm saying that like that's not. Within the broad, I'm saying what what you need to recognize. But what I think is important to recognize, especially if you're when we talk about like post, you know, collapse or whatever, is that within broad political tendencies. So I'm not talking about like fascist or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about like liberal, conservative, progressive, very broad political tendencies. You have roughly the same percentage of people who are shit. So in an anarchist Mm -hmm. group the amount of people who are shitty is going to be similar to the amount of the general population that are shitty. And it's the same with every political tendency. But the corollary to that is, again, within broad tendencies, you'll find roughly the same amount of people who are basically rad. And maybe, yeah, there's some, they, their brain got poisoned with disinfo and they believe some stupid shit uh, and they vote like an asshole. But, you know, 
they'll stop their car if they see someone in an accident and they keep a fucking medical kit in their bag and you know yeah. they're that it's the it's the it's the shit that you know I, I talk a lot about this the stabbing on the Portland Max train well the two people who who died confronting that uh asshole um were a, a Republican retired veteran and a far left uh social justice activist and they both yeah. you know put their bodies on the line so I, I think that like when we talk about like being willing to kind of talk with people who are who are not on the same ideological boat as you that's that's what i mean not you should make nice with the people who want to exterminate you like fuck those people yeah because the yeah. thing you're looking for the thing i'm looking for is the republican who's going to hopefully instead of dying alongside me successfully mm -hmm. defeat the you know actual far right person but yeah yeah no totally and and i think that that actually is part of the it's not always the answer for every person who's isolated, right? Everyone who's socially isolated, but it is part of it. If you're trying to organize with people where you say you're the only leftist or the only anarchist in your area, then maybe you don't start. And this is actually funny. I'm very into being very public about my political ideology so that people know what biases I'm coming into things with, but, but maybe you don't start your rural mutual aid project, calling it the rural mutual aid project, or maybe you do, or maybe you, you just start, doing it and you find people who are willing to have the same goals and means as you. And, and I, I think you can do alongside of that. You can also just be really public about what you believe. I mean, you know, um, again, as an anarchist, I end up working with like uh, church groups and things that I, I don't necessarily agree with on a lot of, I, a lot of things, but they're not mad when I'm like, Oh, I'm an anarchist. They're just like, huh? Okay. I'm a church person or what you, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, Okay. I'm not, I don't expect different of them and they don't expect different of me. And we, we know what we have in common and what we don't to a certain degree. And then we work on what we have in common. And so airing, and so this is both true if you're within the movement and you're hoping to try and solve this problem for other people. But I also think it's going to be true for people who are trying to uh, build things in areas where they don't have, where they don't feel like they're part of something larger is airing on the side of inclusion versus exclusion. And not, and like you're talking about, it's about airing on the side of not, always include everyone not always committing to a hard and fast rule yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah be be open to the fact that people can surprise you in ways that aren't yeah. terrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> also because you get terrified enough by enough like people who you think are on your side that you're like oh wait, yeah I'm, like, I'm sad you all don't do the uh, the ad pivots in this show because oh I have yeah one. no you I can do it. We, we'll do it Margaret, we can do it we can edit we can edit we can yeah we can this. cut it in during one of the long awkward pauses Go for okay. it. Okay. And so, we'll keep all this up to it in, but we'll actually cut the actual end <laughs> yeah, 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 of it. Great. So you'll hear great. it. It's like Finnegan's Wake. You're going to hear it out of order. <laughs> okay. And I, I hopefully you all be able to figure out the second half of it. But the first, the first half is anyone who claims to have all the answers is selling you something. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know who else is selling you something? Is it the ads? The Geico. And services? Here, go listen to the Geico. Geico or... Or Jesus, we've had some bad ones lately. Um, <laughs> there's that SOS Cuba show that sounds were rough. Uh, <laughs> there was that one that was just like God. It was just like they're selling the concept <laughs> of Jesus. God. We are sponsored by God. <laughs> I think I've gotten like Walmart and McDonald's on your show before. Well, I can't remember. That's the people's food. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> organize. Uh, actually, try to organize around the Walmart. That could be very yeah. useful. So yeah. anyway, here's ads.
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. If someone is trying to start something new inside one of these more secluded areas, and like they have decided, like yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to do something. I'm willing to actually just like start it. How how would you recommend they try to figure out what some of the like biggest needs of the community are that they can actually tackle? Like how how does someone mm-hmm. find out 
what to do with their mutual aid because they can like commit to like, yeah, I can do something around supplies, something around this, you know, whatever. We're like, how does one try to actually gauge what is important to try to tackle? I guess it depends on whether you feel like you're totally like if you, in, in my head, if I'm totally inside a, not necessarily a community, but an area, right? I probably kind of know because I'm also experiencing whatever the thing is. But if I'm, if I'm a little bit detached from it, then I do need to like do kind of, you know, the sort of traditional method is I think is called listening projects. I've never actually personally done a listening project. Um, I've been around many people who do where you basically like, I mean, sometimes you go door to door and you're like, Hey, what's up? Like, what do you need? Like what's going on? You know? Um, but like, say for example, in the area that I live, there is a, um, a rural organizing, it's not the actual rural organizing project, which is a specific structure, but there is a, a rural mutual aid group in the, the largely red area that I live in uh, that's run by, by leftists. And they, um, I think that largely they, they did a lot of like firewood delivery, for example, because a lot of the areas around here are heated by wood stoves and you have a lot of poverty in rural areas. And of course, poverty looks very different in rural areas versus urban areas. And, you know, one of the advantages of being rural poor, there's many disadvantages like lack of access to certain types of services, right? Um, but one of the the sometimes advantages of, of rural poverty, as, as I understand it, I'm not specifically an expert, um, is you have space, right? You just don't have stuff or money. And so you can have stuff if people give you stuff. So you can like store your firewood. And so, and then also because it's this very specific, tangible thing, people can get really excited about like, oh, I can chop firewood. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even I can't chop firewood because my leg's busted because I work in the paper mill or whatever, but I can, but I got a trailer on my truck you know, um, and I can haul that. And people get really excited when there's like things that they specifically are good at, especially things that like kind of have alienated them from other people that they're, that they're good at, that they can then uh, participate in. And so, which doesn't totally answer your question, but I, I would say if anyone specifically is in a rural situation is looking to start a mutual aid group, look at the rural organizing project Yes, I don't believe that they specifically do rural um, mutual aid organizing, but they talk a lot about what it means to be an organizer within areas that are largely controlled by the far right, but are not. It's not like the people are all far right; they're just controlled by the far right, you know. Yeah, the yeah. people actually there, once you talk to them, might actually be a lot more reasonable than like the media influencers who are part of this, you know, yeah. same thing. Yeah, and it is it is one of those things. This is a topic we're drifting to, but it's one we drift to regularly on this show. We're like, when I talk with conservatives, it's it's not uncommon that I can, without, especially if I don't start by mentioning anarchy, I can get them to agree to a lot of the things I believe. Which is like, yeah, maybe people don't need to be governed. Maybe that like doesn't work out good. Maybe uh, politicians are corrupt and should have less power. And like. That doesn't mean that you're gonna you're gonna get them on the barricades with you, because um, mm-hmm. any productive kind of relationship starts from like a, a base of shared uh, interests, and it it's not a useless endeavor to engage in. Kind of trying to subtly, you know, if you if you feel out people around you who are ideologically not particularly similar to you, but also decent people, um, you can kind of try and work in some 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 thing you've not just, not just some common ground, but you can try and, and get them to see that they agree with you on more than they think. Um, and that, yeah. that has a, an, an, an effect of changing the way people think about the world. It really does. Yeah. And you, but you also have to go into it open to yes. 
maybe maybe it's not going to change your opinion about the way the economy should be structured or the way that sure. power works, right? But you know, you, you definitely have to go into it with a. I can now understand why you drive a big pickup truck that burns a lot of gas or yeah. you know, whatever whatever thing you might be coming into it thinking. Yeah, or at least it, it might help you understand why they believe or do certain things outside of, you know, uh, Dave Rubin broke their brain because they <laughs> got on YouTube at the wrong time. I don't know. Margaret, did you have anything else you wanted to really get into? I, I guess uh, to, one of the other questions that you all brought up was about preparedness, like maybe kind of almost in the inverse situation. Yeah. Where let's say that you live in a small apartment and you want to be prepared. And so in which case... Maybe you have better access to community. Maybe you don't, right? A lot of people who live in the city are just as isolated socially as people yeah. elsewhere. But at least you kind of have like, there's a little bit more easy access to ways to break out of certain types of isolation if you put work into it, because there's more likely to be groups around that are that are public that you can go interface with. Um, but in terms of like actual preparedness, you have the inverse problem, right? Of if you live rural, you might have room to store beans and rice and if you live in the city you might not right um but i i will say it's the other thing that i find people the two things that people talk to me about and i think you all run into also is that people are either i don't have any community or i don't have any money in sp space right? yeah and so if you don't have any money in space i mean i mean in some ways it's like well maybe your focus isn't like stockpiling stuff stockpiling stuff is like the single most overrated part of individual or community preparedness. Um, I mean, I do it, but you know, that's cause I, um, my brain works that way. Um, but also the level of like stuff that you might be looking for might be a lot less than like, like, you know, it's like prepper media is filled with like, here's how to build a bunker under your pool. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, there's there's so many levels. I mean, don't there's get so me many, wrong. So many other things that you should be doing before you go to that stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If I had a pool, I'd be stoked. And if I had absolutely bunker under it, I'd be even more stoked. I'd be but, so happy. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know what? It's like it's the first five gallon bucket of like dried food you store is far and away more important than the tenth, right? Yes. And like, so just having a five gallon jerry can full of water so that you're like, you know what, if the water turns off or we have a boil advisory, which happens all the time. Yeah. I I'm good for mm -hmm. a couple days. Right. Because most of the time people think about preparedness as like, I'm preparing for the end times. And usually what it is is the end times are real slow and chunky and oh, crumbles. Yeah. That's the word. Um, yeah. And so you're just really looking to like smooth out interruptions. And a lot of that can be done uh, very cheaply. And honestly, when, when you start storing your fifth, five gallon jerry can of water you're not storing it for you anymore you're storing nope. it for your neighbor yeah yeah like, and that's good but not yeah, exactly not the first step you know yeah it's, right. um it's better to prepare for if you have like a week's worth of power outages or a week's worth of the water yeah. not working right and those are more incremental steps because we're not just going to drop off and have no water forever starting in a month right probably not but we could I mean, very likely you know. have. I mean, there's, there's gonna be there's enough remaining systems that they that they want yeah. to fix it now it's more likely that some some disaster is going to happen that we're going to have you know a week worth of stuff gone you know and that's the thing that's actually more more reasonable to to prep for yeah yeah that makes sense um well margaret where can where can the good people and hopefully not the bad people but 
statistically, some of them will suck. Find you. Uh, the good people can find me on, I have a podcast called Live Like the World is Dying, which they can listen mm-hmm. to you on if they would like. And they can. it's about individual and community preparedness. I also am on Twitter way too much at Magpie Killjoy, Instagram at Margaret Killjoy. My website is birdsbeforethestorm.net or margaretkilljoy.com. And that has like a list of all the books that I have out. And I have a new book, an old book being reissued that is coming out in November from AK Press. The book is called A Country of Ghosts, and it's an anarchist utopian book because I was sick of people being like, but how would an anarchist society work? And I was like, you know what? I wrote a book. Damn straight. Um, It also has a plot. So it's not yeah. just boring. Ooh, oh, wow. Yeah. Fancy. Getting kind of bougie with your we do plots. <laughs> if you write a plot, you get the wall. No plots allowed. <laughs> Only post-structural literature. <laughs> well, okay, so this has actually happened to anarchist fiction writers before. <laughs> um, oh, I love anarchists so much. Dumbudzo oh, Marichera so. was this anarchist uh, fiction writer um, Oh, I can't remember where from. I'm gonna. This is terribly embarrassing. But it, he he moved to England um, from a colonized African country. Um, it, it, what did Rhodesia become? This is the most embarrassing. thing. Oh, it became remember. a Zimbabwe, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. So he was from there, and then everyone, and he he moved to to London until he realized that they're all a bunch of racists, and he would like break yeah. shit at award ceremonies and then go back home. <laughs> but um, and he was a squatter for a while in the '80s. But he wasn't writing in the proper uh, post-colonial, like Marxist realist tradition, <laughs> because instead he was writing postmodern fiction, which is yeah. decadent and terrible. Yeah. And so he just like was like, I don't care. And so he's great. <laughs> that is that is um, lovely. So anyway, oh, yes. love to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's the episode. <laughs> that's the episode. <laughs> Go out and write. Postmodern destructural. Jump on a train. But oh, that that's too. Yeah. Probably also a bad Same idea. Thing. I talked to somebody who lost their legs doing that once. Anyway, episode's over. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done. Outfit stunner. And my skin? I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.